Hello there. In this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, I'm going to do something I haven't done for 10 years on this podcast. And that is, drive a new Ford. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth and I am a Ford fan. Yeah, if you've listened to this program over the years, you'll know that I harbour a passion for one or two car brands. You know I like a Lancia, you know I like a Gilburn, and if you listen carefully, you'll know I like a Ford, mainly because my dad always had Fords. A huge variety of one car, actually. He always had a Cortina, a Cortina Estate. We had a Mark I Cortina Estate, a Mark II Cortina Estate that we drove to Spain in, a Mark III Cortina Estate, and then a Mark III-B Cortina Estate. And that was the car that I learned to drive in. Now, my mother also had a Ford. She had a Fiesta. In fact, she had, uh, I think, five Fiestas in her whole life of driving. I don't think she got beyond the Mark IV, though, if I'm remembering correctly. But today I've been invited to a Ford event. It's a Ford range review, whereby we get to find out what's happening in the Ford Empire at the moment. And their big message is unlearn. Everything you know about Ford forget we're starting from year zero now why do ford feel the need to do that i wonder well we'll find out today you can probably tell i'm in a rather reverby kind of room i'm actually standing on a mezzanine balcony overlooking a work area really where i can see one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve about twenty fords down below all being studied by men wearing ford jackets i'm at the henry ford academy in daventry northamptonshire this is where ford train a lot of their apprentices and teach people the skills they need to build and maintain ford cars and vans now on offer today the opportunity to explore some new stuff in the ford universe for instance the new transit with a dagenham built two liter diesel eco blue engine offering 13 percent improved fuel efficiency that's quite a lot really isn't it 13 percent don't think i'll be driving the transit today also the fiesta and focus st line now this is a new departure for ford rather than sell the car as the ztec s it's going to be the st line which borrows from the quicker sportier st range proper so i guess it gets a lot of the kit but not the performance that you get with a proper st the ST line is currently available on the Fiesta and the Focus and is coming to the Mondeo and the Cougar soon. Also, I get to explore the latest Sync 3 connectivity system, which is compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android. And being as I'm an Android user, I'm very happy with that. It's already available on the Mondeo, the Edge, the S-Max and the Galaxy. And large cars and medium cars range get it by the end of the year. And finally, I get a chance to drive, I hope, if I can bag a car, the new range of Ford SUVs, the Edge and the EcoSport Titanium S. 
Mm. So, plenty to do today. We've got a bit of a briefing in a moment, so I'm going to go and attend the briefing and find out what it is I have to unlearn about Ford today. A short and very packed presentation by some people from the Ford Motor Company for their range review day let go of what you know is their slogan at the moment i'm sure that was single by a 90s brit pop band go further ford also say being a huge multinational corporate entity ford do like their slogans and that's okay with me that's okay you've got a slogan you know where you're going with a presentation from oliver rowe product affairs manager and then owen gregory who's the director of fleet operations took over told us a little bit about the henry ford academy 7,000 trainees come through here every year where they train people who work in dealerships here and the parts operation is based here as well next door so they have access to all the bits that they need to practice with i suppose it's a bit like going back to school this which is sort of appropriate for this time of the year when kids are going back to school i'm relearning or unlearning what i knew about ford the most significant thing i have unlearned at the moment is the name of ford's smallest suv i've been calling it the eco sport but ford call it the eco sport i think i heard that in the adverts as well but the engine in it is the eco boost or the eco blue engine now so even though it's got an eco blue it's an eco sport okay fair enough the ford eco blue engine which is a diesel engine that meets stage six euro compliance it has the ad blue filler right next to the diesel filler now so it's easy to find and as ad blue becomes rolled out in service stations all over the country more people are going to be using it so let's make it easier that's what ford say let's make it easier to add blue and being as this was a ford corporate presentation i heard the expression going forward twice in the first 10 minutes someone's got to say it haven't they they're very excited about a lot of their range the ranger is doing particularly well at the moment 34 percent market share they say and i'm standing in front of one at the moment there's a display of a range of ford cars downstairs the ranger which you know is the pickup that competes with the hilux and the navara and the amarok and it's i think the only one i haven't driven at the moment the one i'm standing next to is the wild track which is a sort of the lifestyle version with a 3.2 liter engine it's a big old truck and don't you worry i shall be trying to drive one of those at some point but not today because today for me is all about the fiesta for a very good reason which i will explain a little bit later on 125,000 fiestas were sold last year it's pretty good isn't it also in this room of a display of some new fords apart from the ranger there is the mustang convertible which amazingly looks like a ford do you know what i mean by that you know there's a quality to a ford isn't there sort of a robust not too flash kind of quality and seeing my first mustang close up you get a sense that this could be made by the same people who make the focus and make the fiesta do you know what i mean by that part next to it is the focus rs oh baby but arguably the most interesting is the little car 
Plus. Now this is a new car in the B segment for Ford which comes in underneath the Fiesta. So what that's done is bump the Fiesta upmarket a little bit. They've killed some of the lower spec Fiestas allowing the Car Plus which offers enormous value Ford say to fit in underneath it. And uh, how about this? You're going to be the first person to go in a Car Plus built in India as far as I know and in I get. I was in it a second ago having a look round and in typical sort of Ford way, this is absolutely brilliant. I'm looking at the cup holders, right? There are two down in between the front driver and passenger seat and then another two just in front of that and also a space for arguably at least one more. So one, two, three, four. In the door, you've got a place for at least two big bottles and the passenger door. And I'm out for the back. Okay, so the rear two um, in the central console are for the people in the back. Car Plus, yeah, plasticky. It's an economy car, but it's got some shiny stuff too as well. Lots of that gloss black that you put around controls these days. And yeah, looks like a Ford built in India, like the Echo Sport. Or is that built in Brazil? It used to be built in Brazil. I think they build it in India now. I'll try and find out when I talk to some of the people here. Yeah, the Car Plus is um, okay, good looking. He's getting out of it. It's kind of cute. Small wheels. I like cars with small wheels. I think it's got a shade of Kia Picanto about it. Definitely. Definitely. Maybe it's just the relationship between the size of the wheels and that slope of the rear hatch. Hey, lots to discuss. Oh, one more car I haven't mentioned here, which I quite like to drive today, but I don't know if I'll get the chance. The Ford Edge. Ford's biggest 4x4, about the size of a BMW X5, I suppose, but made by Ford. And I think I'm right in saying built in Canada. So maybe that's what Ford wants us to unlearn, that all their cars are built in Europe. Right, I managed to get myself something to drive and I'm very pleased to say it's a Fiesta. It's the Fiesta ST200 six-speed manual in storm grey, a 1.6 litre turbocharged Fiesta. So this thing should be fun to drive. Let's go and drive it. Very short geared in first. Plenty of grunt in second. Fruity sound in third. And then you have to slow down. Cool. Right, sorry about all that noise. I've uh, picked up my recorder now, so it's a bit closer to my face. Uh, oh, I think I've driven us into a dead end. <laughs> right, okay, let's let's turn round. In part of the uh, presentation that we had today, one of the chaps talking uh, was saying how the Ford are introducing this ST line, which is uh, an opportunity to buy a Ford with lots of the stuff that you get on the Ford ST series you know sports steering wheel body kit lots of extra kit but without all the power of the engine which is 
if you think about it, a very Ford thing to do, isn't it? That's just the sort of thing they like to do. They make their cars available to everybody, all variations, all spec available in all combinations. What the Vulcan's called infinite diversity in infinite combinations IDIC it's the principle of Vulcan philosophy that we're all different and that we all should come together in new varieties to make new differences okay that's a little grand compared to talking about a car but you get what I mean don't you right the only thing about driving a manual car when you're recording a podcast is if you're holding the recorder can't change gear on roundabouts which is a bit of a blow really um, my mount I haven't brought the right mount with me for my recorder today so we'll have to struggle a bit okay struggling I'm in third doing 2,000 revs 40 miles per hour and it wants me to change down it's not that it's okay that's the gearbox <laughs> I was probably in 12th gear makes a nice little noise this doesn't it the fiesta let me tell you about the fiesta i was just chatting to one of the chaps from ford explaining my passion for the brand i'm absolutely serious about this i wasn't licky 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 up to the ford people it's just that i've been brought up around fords and one of the coolest things that ever happened to me as a young man a car fan involved ford exactly 40 years ago our local Ford dealer Mr Hone who was a mate of my dad's because of course dad bought lots of Fords said oh your son Gareth likes cars doesn't he yes yes would you like to see the new baby Ford that we're making and dad said yes I certainly would so picked me up collected me and took me to the local Ford garage and not in the showroom but in the storeroom at the back they had a Fiesta it was under wraps and in 1976 we'd seen pictures in magazines motor and auto car but we didn't have internet where you could get lots of video and clips of the car just yet so seeing it for the first time in the flesh was absolutely breathtaking and Mr Hone allowing me to see that car before it was released you know come here go this is a secret area all that I think that hammered home my allegiance to the Ford Motor Company that one moment made me think yeah I I could dig Ford I remember reading a book possibly one of the first books I ever read about cars was a book if I remember it was called Project Bobcat because that was the code name for the Ford Fiesta before it was released Project Bobcat because Bobcat when you think about it has no tail a short tail a little stumpy thing like a Manx cat and the Fiesta was Ford's first hatchback up until then all Fords have been saloon cars in Europe I suppose the first Ford hatchback was probably the Ford Pinto. Certainly the first hatchback in the UK was the Fiesta. And when it first came out, I think it was only available with a 1.1 litre engine, if I remember. And I remember when they said that the gear version was coming out, that was going to have the 1.3, and that felt like, whoa, yeah, big engine in a little car. 
and here I am in a 1.6 litre turbocharged 200 horsepower Fiesta my how it's come a long way we're interested to compare this Fiesta to the very first Fiesta just in terms of interior room and space because I always remember getting in that very first Fiesta sitting down and reaching my arms out in front of me and waving them around I know I was a smaller man and I was only 15 years old but that sense that wow there's loads of space in here in that sort of 70s big windows way since then cars have got a bit more solid looking we have smaller glass areas on cars now they look less like glass houses and more like I don't know military vehicles you know the idea of building something that looks robust is how a lot of car manufacturers approach their vehicles these days so what do I think of this robust little vehicle difficult to tell at the moment because I'm not on a open winding road and I get the impression that the ST200 is the sort of car that you need a good open flowing road for otherwise you're never really going to enjoy it a bit like that Seat Leon Cupra I drove such was the level of performance of that car I don't think I got anywhere near really been able to enjoy that car this is the car that holds a record on the Nürburgring and perhaps the thing to do is for me to drive it on the Nürburgring as God intended or perhaps as engineering intended but here I am in a Fiesta on a bit of shared road surface is that what we call it shared space have you ever seen a shared space before it's a bit of road where there is no distinction between the height of the pavement and the road and the road has got sort of cross-hatched brick rather than tarmac and so it makes you slow down and drive more carefully because you're not sure if you're supposed to be here it's a bit like driving through a paved shopping precinct or something right i'm going to put the recorder down and try and find some open road and have a bit of driving fun Well, I had an opportunity to drive that ST200 quite quickly because whilst I was trucking around, I realised I'd left my GoPro camera back at the Ford headquarters in the canteen where we were having lunch. And whilst I'm sure all the employees at the Ford Motor Company are very trustworthy people, I didn't want to leave my GoPro there, which is a crucial bit of Gareth Jones on speed kit. So I decided to dash back and collect it. And dash was the word. By gum, that thing turns in. Oh, isn't it? Roundabouts. Oh, and the fruity sound it makes. I'm sorry that I didn't record it at the time. And the eagle-eared of you will notice that the sound of the car I'm driving has changed quite dramatically because I'm no longer in an ST because in the time I took to park the car, walk back to the canteen, collect my GoPro and then come back, some other journalist had popped out in the ST200. To stifle my disappointment, I thought I'd try something else interesting. And you're going to laugh at me at this, because the car I chose, of all the cars available, was the Ford Echo, not Eco, Echo Sport. And I know what you're thinking, what? 
Jones? Really? That funny looking thing that really isn't a driver's car or an enthusiast car in any way? In fact, what is the Echo Sport for? I'm sure some of you are asking. And you're not alone in thinking that because when the Echo Sport first came out, I remember thinking, what the heck have they done with the styling of that car? It's all over the place. It just looks wrong. It just looks wrong. But the reason I got into this Ford Echo Sport was that it's the first Echo Sport I've seen and thought, ooh, that looks quite cute. Because this is the Echo Sport Titanium S, a new extension to the Echo Sport range. This one's got 140 PS horsepower. So you think about it, it's still pretty handy. It's not 200 and it doesn't have the sport suspension like that SC200 has. But 140 is pretty useful when you consider the original Ford Fiesta when it came out, I think, had, was it 60 brake horsepower? Quite a difference, eh? Quite a difference. But the Echo Sport, I was asking about where they build it, and it is built in India. But did you know that Ford have two different plants in India? One where they build the Echo Sport, and one where they build the Car Plus. And the Ford Ranger is no longer built in Thailand, because it just took too long to get the car from there to Europe to sell it. It's now built in South Africa, in Port Elizabeth, which, if you think about it, is the spiritual home of Ford pickups. Do you remember, what was it called? The P100? That Mondeo-based pickup that was built in South Africa that I thought was quite cool back in the... uh... Actually, it wasn't Mondeo-based, was it? Of course. It was a Sierra-based pickup. Yes, you could buy them in this country. Probably the first Ford built in South Africa that you could buy in this country. Not necessarily the first car built in South Africa that you could buy in this country. Remember the Sal Penza? Sal for South Africa. And what else is built in South Africa? I think Mercedes and BMW both built cars out there. And I think some of them were sold in Europe. I'm not certain. But this one, uh, not from South Africa. This one, the Echo Sport from India. What's it like? Well, you know, I used to like the Ford Fusion. I always thought the Ford Fusion was a sensible idea for a car because it offered a lot of the stuff that a 4x4 does without any of the drawbacks. The drawbacks of the 4x4 is that they're big, they're bulky, and they carry four-wheel drive technology around with them where most people just don't use it. And I thought that the Fusion was a great car for particularly older people. Older people who don't like to bend getting in and out of cars. And to be able to step into a car at standing height rather than crouch down is something that 60 and 70 year olds and 80 year olds really enjoy in a car. And the Fusion used to do that well. And this is the Echo Sport, which is the replacement for the Fusion. And it's it's got a bit of chirrupa quality to it. Can you hear it thrumming? doesn't have the urgency of the ST but that's alright I'm doing 65 miles per hour now so next time you see the Echo Sport think oh that's not as bad a car as Gareth first thought it was in fact the fact that it's now a titanium S makes it look really 
cool. No, I'm serious. Cool. Check out the wheels. Next time you're passing a Ford dealership, go and have a look at the Echo S and have a look at the wheels. It's come a long way. I like a utilitarian car. I like the Cactus a great deal. The Citroen Cactus. I love the way that it looks robust without being macho. And I think the Echo Sport's starting to do that now. It's not as cute as a cactus, but you know what? It's not bad. Not bad at all. I just went for a drive in the Echo Sport, not Eco Sport, and realised when it was time to come back, I had no idea where I was, so I went to turn on the sat-nav, and there was no sat-nav. This particular model, this um, Echo Sport Titanium S 5-door, seems to come without sat-nav. I'm sure it's available as an option, and it's good to have my phone with me. I was able to find my way home. You can hear I've got my phone with me. It's probably beeping across the microphone right now. But, yeah, that was good. Quite like the Echo Sport. One minor niggle. When you put your foot flat to the floor on the clutch, you can feel the steering column rod rotating against your toes. So that's not ideal. But everything else about it, quite reasonable. But I suppose that's the idea of the Echo Sports. It's just supposed to be a reasonable car. It's not supposed to be a magnificent car. Hmm. Right, let's go and see if I can find a magnificent car to drive. Garrett Jones on speed! I've found something to drive that's... Well, I don't know if it's exciting... It's very, very interesting. This is the first of the Ford Vignali trim that I've experienced so far. I found an S-Max Vignali. You know what Vignali is? It used to be gear. <laughs> it's above Titanium X. Ford, because they listen to their customers, this is what they told us in the presentation, customers keep saying can we have something with more and more spec and every time people want a car with greater spec then they have to create a new trim level to accommodate all the extra bits that you get so i'm sitting in a ford s max vignali which has got the two liter duratorque diesel direct injection engine delivers 210 ps and it's a bi-turbo this one comes with 10 spoke alloy wheels premium painted finish it's got a Vignali grille which is different to the standard S-Max grille chrome inserts on the door handles chrome detailing or dark chrome detailing front and rear parking sensors surely you get that in the S-Max surely the options panorama roof 750 quid's worth of glass roof active city stop active park assist rear sun blinds front wide view camera hands-free power tailgate i was in the tailgate earlier on i didn't activate the hands-free thing by just putting my foot underneath the rear bumper i should have done that and 19 inch alloys 700 quid's worth of alloys let's drive it it definitely feels premium i know i know i know i'm programmed to say that kind of thing because it's a vignali but it actually does. There's a world of a difference between the basic spec of even the titanium Echo Sport and a Vignali in the Ford range. 
and you know I've got a soft spot for the S-Max. When we first did a bit of video for Gareth Jones on speed some what, 12 years ago, 11 years ago, the first car that we had to do that in was a Ford, of course, and it was a Ford S-Max and I loved it. I remember thinking, yeah, oh, this is basically just a giant Ford Fiesta. But the Fiesta has come a long way since then, and so is the S-Max. This latest S-Max, as you know, based on the new American Mondeo platform. That's the Fusion platform. I'm sure Ford have got a better name for it, but that's what I call it. All right, I'm in a diesel. You can hear it's a diesel. Grumbling, but a bi-turbo grumbling and whizzing to give you enough grunt when you need it the question is who's going to spend what 39 grand on a Ford well someone who's a bit like me I suppose someone who's had an S-Max before knows how nice the S-Max can be but wants a super top spec version but when you're spending 40 grand on a car you might consider other options as well like your Mercedes and your BMWs and your Audis can Ford compete in the premium market well they have to because there was a period when Ford owned Land Rover and Jaguar and Volvo which gave them a premium range and they no longer have those brands so they've got to force their own brand to the top. People are still going to call it a Ford, aren't they? They're going to call it an S-Max. They're not going to say, oh, I drive a Vignali. No one will say that, will they? No one will say, I drive a Vignali. Not while the Ford badge remains on the car. It's a bit like a Bath. People still drive Fiat's, but it's the Bath version. Do you know what I mean? You don't actually drive an Abarth, you drive a Fiat, but it's the Abarth version. I'm driving a Ford, but it's the Vignali version. Oh yes, Ford gear. You know, it's the same culture, isn't it? It's company reps, people who drive company cars, who want to be able to say that they've got a better spec version than the person who works beneath them in accounts. It's that sort of thing. It's a nice place to be. I do like the S-Max. I know there's not a great deal of difference between the S-Max and the Galaxy. Really, it all happens at the back end. But the S-Max is, of all the MPVs, this is the sporty one to drive on. The, the thing which gets closest to having a degree of sportiness to it. A good drive. The spec inside here is lovely. These white leather seats which I think are covered in some kind of crazy breathable leather lots of dots of holes almost like a leather net and they really are stunning to look at stunning I had a crawl around the car before I drove it uh, the third and second row of seats can be popped down at the press of a button there's an electric motor which throws them flat but if you want to pop them back up again that's manual that's okay I don't know what mode I'm in at the moment I haven't explored this but I would imagine there are all sorts of buttons on this car which allow me to change the mode that I'm driving in eco comfort or sport what I'll do is I'll put the recorder down and I'll explore some of the capacity of this car and report back
I'm parked up in my Vignali S-Max. Do you like the way I call it mine? <laughs> I think I may have formed an emotional attachment to this car. And I am enjoying the quality and the quiet of this car. Oh, just as it decides to pop itself out of stop-start mode and come back. Very nice of it to do that. Probably just to top up the battery or the air conditioning or something that I've got going at the moment. It's a very different experience to the other Fords that I was in earlier on. I remember noticing on the uh, Echo Sport that the screen was minuscule and tucked away in this little sort of tunnel miles away. Whereas on the Vignali S-Max you've got this enormous screen. Well, when I say enormous, I'm not talking about Tesla scale or enormous, but you know, a good hand size that's very easy to read and touch screen. I would imagine this is Ford's Sync 3, which allows you to sync up your phone to the entertainment system in the vehicle, and that allows you to use any apps that you've got on your phone on the vehicle. Now, I haven't done that because the sound of my phone bleeping across a recording would not be terribly welcome. But I am enjoying this. There are lots of 12 volt. Uh, there's one, two 12 volt power outlets in the front there are two usb outlets in the front it's a nice place to be it feels sumptuous and it feels padded i quite like to spend some more time in a vignali now maybe there's just one more ford i can drive before i go today right last Ford for today and this one is rather quiet. It's a Mondeo. It's a Mondeo Vignali. It's got a slightly cracked passenger door mirror I notice. I'm just saying that now as a disclaimer because it was like that when I got it sir, honest. And this one is quiet. I was talking about how quiet Fords were earlier on with another journalist uh, who was talking about the noise cancelling in the edge. But listen to how quiet this Mondeo is as I pull away. I'm moving. Yep, electric power. This one is a hybrid. How about that? Ah, the engine cuts in. So we rolled away initially under electric power and now it's using its engine Ooh, picking up lots of stones and things a bit warm in here I may have to turn the air conditioning on which is no good for recording podcasts wind blowing across a microphone is never terribly welcome uh, right Ooh, makes an interesting sound And there's quite a disconnect. I won't say a disconnect. There's quite a disconnection. Because that's the correct use of the word, in my opinion. Between what your right foot is doing and what the car is doing. Because this has got a CVT gearbox. A continuously variable transmission. Not a gearbox, sorry. CVT transmission. <laughs> CVT transmission is like an ATM machine. And a PIN number. They call it tautology. You don't need a pin number when you get the N in pin stands for number you don't need an ATM machine when the M in ATM stands 
for machine and you don't need a CVT transmission when the T stands for transmission. But here we go. Could this be the future for Fords? Hybrid technology. It does well in America as the Fusion. I think they sell quite a few Fusions, but I don't know anyone who's driven a hybrid UK or European Ford yet. So, hey, what do I think? Well, I'll drive it for a bit and then I'll tell you. Ah, I found the button for the air conditioning, which has cooled me down on this hot day. I think I can turn the whole thing off now. Well, that was a very interesting experience. I like the dash. I like the way that the dash is just a really great big speedo in the middle and lots of digital information on either side. Something very retro and old-fashioned about it. Also, it is quite a quick car. Perhaps because of that disconnection between your foot and the sound that the engine makes, you tend to use your throttle a bit more. And you put your foot down, nothing happens, and then suddenly it all happens... And you're doing ridiculous speeds, very quietly as well. And, of course, you get all that sound that you get from a hybrid when you're in energy recovery mode. I liked it. I liked my whole Vignali experience. Which one did I like the best? Did I like the hybrid Mondeo or did I like the Vignali S-Max? Hmm. I think... The Vignali Hybrid Mondeo was more refined, even though it's a CVT. It was more refined than the diesel in the S-Max. So if it's refinement that you're paying for with the Vignali spec, I think you get it with the electric combination. They claim a combined MPG of 67.3 miles per gallon for this luxury Mondeo. Very nice it is too. This car costs £32,270 with the options that are on it, which include Active City Stop, Metallic Paint, Active Park Assist, Rear Sun Blinds, Power Opening Sunroof, 600 quid, and Adaptive Cruise Control, £450. Well... That's Ford in good shape. Certainly the cars are in good shape. Everything that I've driven today has been very interesting indeed. Gareth Jones on speed. Well, that was a very productive day, an opportunity to drive a broad range of very different cars from the Ford range, from that curious Echo Sport I do want to call it Eco Sport the astonishing ST200 the luxurious S-Max and the whisper quiet Vignali Hybrid Mondeo mm, I've learnt a lot about Ford today some of the things, notes of stuff I've picked up while I'm here Ford took on 20,000 pieces of customer feedback from how people use their Sync 2 system, that's their entertainment system. And I've taken on board all those thoughts to improve it for the Sync 3. Well, to be fair, I didn't really explore that today. In the time that I had the car, I was driving it rather than operating any of the systems. But I did use the Nav very easily in the last two cars I drove today, which has got me back to Ford's Henry Ford Academy. And I suppose, job done really, I've unlearned my Ford. Or rather, I've learned a great deal about Ford. I don't think I've unlearned anything I knew about Ford previously. 
But perhaps the most shocking and interesting departure for Ford is the thought I'll leave you with today. They said that Ford are changing. All big companies say this, don't they? But this lot really are changing. By 2021, Ford are going to be in the sphere of not just manufacturing cars, but they're going to get into what they call personal mobility. This is the future where we don't all own cars, but we do car sharing, we join car clubs, or autonomous cars come and pick us up at our door and take us where we want to go. So by 2021, Ford will have a car with no steering wheel and no pedals available. They've just bought a company called Chariot, who are from San Francisco, and they have been developing that technology along with Ford. And that's how these megaliths work, isn't it? They swallow up the little guys, take on their ideas and incorporate it into their own, just in the same way that the Borg do with technology in Star Trek. Your technological distinctiveness is added to our own. That's what the Borg say and Ford say the same. That's it. I was Gareth Jones. I've been unlearning about Ford. Now you can unlisten to this podcast. See ya. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! Woo! <laughs>